Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Fat Feminist Witch Podcast, the show where I do a little ranting, raving, and wand-waving. I am your host, as always, Paige, and today I have a very special guest on the show. I have Sarah Potter of Sarah Potter Projects, an independent art consultation firm in New York, and she is just wrapping up now her show, The Season of the Witch. It finishes tomorrow, September 1st, in Sugarloaf, New York at the Seligman Center. So if you are in New York, please go out and check out the show and also check out their closing night panel, The Witch as Muse, also at the Seligman Center. Features Sarah herself, as well as Pam Grossman from Phantasmophile and Christine Soleil, the author of Witches, Sluts, Feminist. So it's going to be a really, really interesting night where they talk about the effect the witch has had on everyone's life since the dawn of time in history and now of course we're also going to be talking a little bit about her show the season of the witch at the seligman center and the artists who created their piece with magical intention and featured their their beliefs like evie fauci and her bedazzled goddesses or astralize and his digital artwork that very clearly shows off his reverence for goddesses of all shapes and sizes and kinds and hillary white and her special portals to spirituality to another dimension so sit back and relax and enjoy my interview with miss sarah potter on the season of the witch okay so sarah thank you so much for being on the show today i'm so excited to have you here and to talk about all of your projects and you know, making and, and picking out art with intention and being a witch in the art world. So thank you um, for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So you have the season of the witch show that is, is coming up to a close on September 1st, this art show. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about the show and about the pieces in it? I would love to. Um, so season of the witch is a curatorial project. I took on after the presidential election in the U.S. last year. I had been working on a larger project looking at the way creating art can be a meditative process or one's own religion and uh, and just the, medit- the, the way creating in that way has a meditative effect on the brain. Yeah. And brain, like studying brainwaves during repetitive creation and seeing this connection and researching the rise of new age thinking and spirituality, the way it's coincided with the rise of great technological booms in our country and throughout the world. And that was really fascinating to me because it almost seems counterintuitive that when science and technology are booming, we're reaching for spirituality and a metaphysical presence. Absolutely. I've noticed the same thing for the last... Right? Yeah, for the last little while, at least like a year or two, I've noticed that a lot of people are reaching towards more um, emotional things. <laughs> spirituality yeah. and art and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I personally feel that we're seeing it right now because as technology and the internet are pushing us into a more solo existence we are needing a connectivity and a a softness and a magic to kind of balance out this hard concrete way of thinking that's how I interpret it anyway but I could go on for a long time I'll bring (laughs) it back to season of the witch which after this uh presidential election in America I had this visceral reaction like I've never felt before where I just felt like I didn't matter. Being a woman didn't matter. I felt alone. I felt unheard. And I felt in a way that so many people I know are feeling all of the time. Yeah. And uh, this helpless feeling that I just could not shake. So I thought about the way that witchcraft has been part of society for beyond centuries Mm -hmm. and the way it's appealed it usually appeals to people who are others in society and on the fringe and thinking about if if so many people are feeling alone then if we all come together we're not alone anymore and what can connect us and just instead of feeling powerless how do we feel powerful and thinking about healing through art 
and color and what can bring people together. And I expanded upon that and created Season of the Witch because I truly believe after that election and after that 2016, it is the Season of the Witch. It's time to rise up and for others to come together. I and absolutely I found, agree. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm glad it's been resonating because we we need to come together while everyone's trying to pull us apart. And I just wanted people to experience this artwork as a way of healing, a way of seeing the way these artists are working that I truly believe in and have color. Like I think that a lot of people think of witches as dark and spooky and scary and there's there's nothing dark about it for me. I believe in white magic and light and and color and being around color and saturated color I think is really wonderful and uplifting and um all of the artists I work with I think really revere women and are calling on the divine feminine in their work and their lives and I just really wanted to celebrate that I love I love 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 the pieces in your show and and I'm glad you said that about um all of the artists honoring women because something I think that a lot of people think when they first you know read about the show is that it's going to be all female or female presenting artists and it's not you have male artists there that are creating absolutely beautiful and like very witchy work um the digital work by astral eyes is mm -hmm. ab like absolutely just the epitome of especially modern witchcraft i think it's it's so it definitely like brings up witchy feelings in me. Have you noticed that some people assume that witch tends to mean only women and that only women can kind of harness this, this energy, even if it's in an artistic way? Absolutely. I, I absolutely think that the witch is always associated with a woman, whether it's uh, sensual, young, bewitching maiden or a gnarled owned old sexless crone and <laughs> <laughs> and I think that needs to change and I I don't believe in discluding anyone I think that when um, like I don't really believe in all women art shows I think that there are some really excellent ones I went to visit the museum of sex and saw not safe for work the female gaze I think that show is excellent and wonderful and I encourage everyone to see it but for the most part, I think that all women art shows are an interesting line to straddle. I think that we can revere women and celebrate women. And we need to. The art world is still very misogynistic. But we don't need to disclude men from that conversation. There's a lot of really wonderful men who support women. And I believe that gender is so fluid that it's hard, I think, it's hard to force everyone into a, a gendered box and to define who you are for the sake of an art show is ridiculous. Yeah, I, mean, I can't even imagine how, um, especially in New York, how you would even go about finding a bunch of people who even present as the same gender. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just, I don't, I don't want to do that to people. I think yeah. that's, that's not anything that I'm meant to say or comment on. And instead, I just want to include good art that's being created with pure intention and, and present that. That's wonderful. Yeah, I, I loved the pieces. And I will admit that when I first read about it, I was like, Oh, cool. Look at this, like all women art show. <laughs> I totally, just, I totally just assumed. <laughs> yeah, I was one of these people. I just assumed. Um, and some of my favorite pieces actually are, are by Astralize. And when you said it was a man, I was like, wow, that's really, I never would have imagined that. And now I'm like extra interested a little bit. <laughs> just because yeah. I know that this guy has found a way to, you know, speak to me and speak to my brain without that, that common, um, like female perspective. So it was, that's a really interesting thing I noticed about your show that I really liked. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Well, and I do, I want people to question their preconceived notions and, and think about it and, and think about what is feminine? What, what does that mean? And if those questions are being brought up, wonderful. 
add to the conversation. And I just, I think that when we talk about what is feminine and what's masculine, we, we rely on old stereotypes and, and thinking about that, I do believe that, um, astralize is tapping into what we stereotypically think of a feminine aesthetic. Yeah. And I, he has such a reverence for the divine feminine and I feel that in his work and I think a lot of people pick up on it and a lot of people have told me they're surprised but he's a man. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> and, I'm not shocked that other people are having the same kind of reaction yeah. I did. His, his work is absolutely beautiful. It's fantastic and it really caught my eye the first time I was looking up the show in general. So I'm glad other people are having that perspective. It's always good to change your perspective a little bit. I agree. And it is interesting. I, his work appeals to so many people, but I find that most of my clients who are connecting with it and purchasing his work to live with are all women. Yeah. I'm not surprised <laughs> by that either. I'm yes. not shocked at all. I, that's really interesting. I'm going to have to look up more of his, his work online because it was, I, I really liked it. Oh, yes. Um, I'd be happy to send you some of my favorites, too. Yeah, excellent. And and I love that he kind of broke this stereotype that even I, you know, was this stereotypical lens that even I was looking through. Um, and another one in the show, like you mentioned, is color. You know, witchcraft doesn't always have to be dark and spooky, although there is definitely place for that. Absolutely. You know, I wear all black like every day. I'm wearing all black right now. So <laughs> I love <laughs> all black, but I, my house is full of bright colors. And a lot of people think that witchcraft just isn't quite as colorful as this. Um, and your show like totally knocks that out of the water, that cliche, especially with um, Hillary White's pieces, the big, the sculptural pieces that are hanging down, you know, they include galaxy paint and, and, colorful rainbow hair hanging down and bright gold it's so it's so magical did you try to find pieces that had more color lots more color to even though it's this this kind of like old cliche that you're knocking out of the water (laughs) I do I I also wear all black every day but (laughs) I love color and I also I like loud art I like art that's really screaming at you and um but it's if everything's screaming you have to achieve balance or it's just (laughs) chaotic and (laughs) and I feel like I really worked hard to create balance in the room with all of the work and I think Hillary's work is incredible the way she seamlessly blends so many different materials that Mm -hmm. piece gate six is a portal into another realm of consciousness and she's using hair and tassels and ceramics and wood and paint and resin. And I just, I think it's really wonderful and I love getting lost in it. And I love seeing other people just be so drawn to this piece and, and want to spend a lot of time with it. Yeah. uh, Gate number six is definitely the one I was thinking of. It's probably one of my favorite pieces that I've seen out of everything at the show. And I definitely feel like I could stare at that for a long time. It's something that I feel like would help you get into a meditative state. It was clearly created in a meditative state. Yes. I like to think of it as a great portal to, for meditation as well. And just really completely diving into it is wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly how I felt. It's something that you could dive right into and explore just forever. Um, and, and a lot of her pieces that I've looked up are kind of the same way. Now, in a lot of the descriptions for the show, you talked about how the artist all created the art in the show with intention. Uh, did they all have the same process or did they explain their processes to you? Um, I not all have the same process, but a lot of them are collecting materials or spending time creating their imagery. Like Lala Abadan recently embarked on a several month excursion into the desert where she was photographing portraits of herself. And that dedication to creating your imagery, I think that weight comes through in the final process. 
Um, she shreds her photos and paintings and then weaves two of them back together to create a final piece. So that weaving and the, and the intricate patterns of the weave texture that takes hours and she goes into a meditative state while creating. Wow. Yeah. It's really amazing. And, and the work is fantastic. Like I said, I saw it online and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. I can't imagine, um, taking that much time to create something kind of physical. That's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of yeah. the state of mind I get into to create like, you know, just, just witchcraft, just energy. And to see it, to see that energy displayed as a piece of artwork is really incredible. I think, and I, I believe that everyone is picking up on that on some level. And I think that that intention is clearly there. But what I also love about this show is that, I want viewers to be able to take whatever they need from it. So if it's just a quick spin and um, just appreciating pieces for their color and beauty and form, that's wonderful. But I've found that most people spend a lot of time with the work and really dive into it and think about it and ask questions and ask questions of me as well as of themselves. And because of that, I feel like it can appeal to a wide range of people. I always want to create an inclusive experience. I think that art can be off-putting. It can be intimidating. And I want everyone to feel that they have a place with art and that there's something for them there. There's nothing too highbrow. It's not, oh, I don't, you don't need to have a certain income bracket or education level. And you can, and we can have a very deep discussion and and it's wonderful, or we can keep it light. Whatever you need, it's there for you to be provided. That's wonderful. That's kind of like if you replaced the word art with witchcraft, I swear. <laughs> I swear I've said that exact same thing. <gasps> wonderful. Yeah, I, I mean, swear I... I've, I, I've said the exact same thing. And that's that's something that I I can't even imagine what it's like to be in the, the room for this art show because I've, I've gotten so many feelings just by looking it up and looking up you know live videos and stuff where you're you're explaining all the pieces but it's there's definitely something you can feel with all of the pieces and and with how different they are but how well they come together it seems like a show that anyone can enjoy oh wonderful that makes me so happy to hear (laughs) yeah I, i i'm a really big fan of everything that's in the show so far like i've just been like googling it nonstop. showing my sister like look at all the bedazzles (gasps) Oh, wonderful. Um, Wonderful. Sorry. Yeah, I I really loved it. Um, And I like what you just said, that the show is um, almost as much a reflection of you and of of your style and what you're about as it is about each individual artist. So you are known in the art world as the good witch of the art world. How did you come to include... um, witchcraft and and magic and spirituality in with your your love of art and your business of art well honestly it's always been a part of my every aspect of my life I just kept it very private because I feel like when your aesthetic is and your business is visual and psychedelic and um, I've always been drawn to a metaphysical space and meditation is part of my everyday routine but there's a lot let's be honest there's a lot of flakiness in the spiritual world there is uh, there's um a lot of, I, I wanted to have a better word but just weird I mean people get really weird and they're they're almost inaccessible in a way when they're speaking in this woo woo um I, I think it can be very off-putting and it can yes. be snobby. It can be um, just off-putting really is the best word, I think. Off-putting and I, is a very good word. It can also be <laughs> kind of like exclusive. Like, yes. like they all believe they know something that no one else possibly could. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I can only speak from my own experience, but I, I love being in the art world. I have so many wonderful colleagues and co-workers and people that I admire and respect and I feel a mutual respect from 
but it's also hard to be a woman in the art world. It's hard to be a woman business owner. And I'm going to say it. I think a lot of people pretend like it's not there. It's absolutely there. I am a, I'm small in stature. Um, I'm young and, but I know I'm powerful and I feel strong, but I also feel like when I'm presenting very psychedelic ideas and very spiritual ways of living that I must have all of my research in line. I must be well-spoken and I must present it in an intelligent way or it's just going to be brushed aside. So I felt that there was definitely fear of showing that side of myself and that in my business and um, would it be viewed as, as soft or out there? And I know, I know I'm out there, but I also (laughs) know that I'm organized and I know what I'm talking about. And, um, last year I decided to get rid of all fear in my life or only use fear as a motivator, but face my fears. And a lot of that really was inspired by Lucian Shapiro's fear collecting ritual was a, which was a performance piece he embarked on. He traveled throughout the U S as well as Europe doing this performance where he was, it was a ritual to take people's fears away, which I thought was really beautiful because fear holds us all back. Absolutely. And I'm not letting fear hold back anything. And I feel like now of all times, you know, I, I want everyone to feel comfortable being themselves. And then I had to really include myself in that. And I feel like, why do I need to hide that? So many of the artists I work with, they show their true selves through their work all the time. Yeah. And I didn't want to hide it anymore. And, um, and I've found that it's pretty much overwhelmingly been a positive experience I think I chose a good time to be more forthright and I don't think I really hid it I just didn't really talk about it <laughs> you just didn't say so, it expressly like yeah specifically. I think, yeah I think if you were paying attention it wasn't a surprise but <laughs> now I just am screaming about it being a witch and <laughs> so how has this worked out with your your business and your witchcraft coming together, have you had any sort of backlash or are most people like, yeah, I feel this. This is the kind of energy I want. Mostly it's been wonderful. I do get some anonymous emails saying yeah. like, oh, you're bewitching clients into buying work. I mean, wouldn't that be wonderful if I could do that? <laughs> I mean, that's not what it is. But yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be great if I could just, I don't know. People accuse me of some of the craziest things and it's, it's usually an anonymous email, but it's like, uh, I heard you released a demon in a store so that you could get more money. And I'm like, wouldn't that just be fantastic? <laughs> wouldn't it be if it was that easy? I mean, I could light a candle and the money pours in. That, that would be lovely. <laughs> but from the ground, that's not really. Oh, how it yeah. Works. People are afraid of strong women. I mean, it's so clear. Yeah. And uh, and people are afraid of. I think seeing perceiving success. So they have to knock it down in any way they can think of. And success is created through hard work. There's no magic in that. There's no yeah. tricks. And, um, so I do, I got something that, Oh, I'll burn the witch. I don't know. I saw <laughs> come up with something better. We've been hearing that for centuries. I know. Um, I'm over <laughs> it. <laughs> I just delete those now. They don't even freak me out. Yeah, it's just silly. I like to read them to friends sometimes, but yeah. Um, that's just, I don't, I don't want any hatred around me and I, I just, I don't want to encourage any of that, but overall it's been wonderful. It's been lovely. And, I see a lot of crossover between witchcraft and, and art making and, and art world and magic. And I think that really what are artists doing, but they're taking their inner intangible thoughts and creating a tangible reality, a, a piece that we can see. We can see their inner thoughts and how beautiful and wonderful. I I love that. And I think it's it's a transference of energy, which is what witchcraft is about as well. I totally agree with that. And it's it's funny because, I mean, so many people believe they're not an artist. And I just think that's absurd. I think anybody can create art if they want. 
But outside I of that, you know, agree. yeah, outside of that little thing, I've seen so many spiritual people who are in favor of things like, you know, the adult coloring books or coloring books with mandalas or something. And they're like, it's a meditative experience. And those people often will just, you know, grab a coloring book and not create their own art instead. And they still, they'll sit there and color in a coloring book and they'll still say, oh, I'm not an artist. I, I can't create art. And I think that's something that people need to start letting go of. Create some art with your magic. It's it's totally possible. It's too <laughs> Oh, completely. I think so. People always tell me, oh, I can't draw. I have a bachelor's of fine arts degree, and I don't feel like I can draw either. <laughs> but there's so many ways to create and express yourself. And I think that a lot of problems we see today are because people don't know how to tap into their emotions and express themselves. So we need to work on that and we need to strengthen our intuition. We need to re- stretch our creative muscles. It's just as important as any other uh, lesson we learn or muscles we use. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people are creating art with their witchcraft, whether they realize it or not. You know, every time they carve a candle totally. or something, I think they're creating art. Uh, oh, totally. You, yeah. For you, it seems like your method of creating art is curating art, is picking out art, is finding different artists. How did you discover that that was, that that was your, your talent and your special kind of magic? I honestly did not even realize that that was a path in the art world. <laughs> I went to art school and I really, I love being able to create and express myself in that way. And, and my school is very communal. I had a wonderful experience there. Um, but I started to really have a lot more fun selling my friend's artwork and (laughs) creating shows for my friend's artwork, um, in nightclubs where I worked I really, I like doing that more than making my own work sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, I decided that that's what I would do. And I thought in a wonderfully naive way that I could just open a gallery as soon as I graduated <laughs> from college. And, um, it's really wonderful to be that, um, dumb really <laughs> and young and not think about consequences in yeah. that way um that useful but I w- <laughs> hopefulness is really oh it's, it's i miss beautiful. that sometimes <laughs> i do too i think i'm still holding on to it a little bit some of it but... i am some of it i am <laughs> <laughs> but i did get an internship in a gallery which was very eye-opening and i recommend that to anyone really if you can have that experience do because you'll learn a lot and yeah I just really I appreciated the business side I loved seeing the way that um putting different artists work next to each other creates a conversation and how two pieces can create almost a third idea once they're juxtaposed with each other and what uh the way a solo show creates a full story and working with artists as they create this body of work and, and then the way that a group show can create a different dialogue and a different conversation and um, just seeing the art world in that way was what really excited me and was something that I felt like I needed to pursue and had to be like, that is what I feel like I am meant to do. And for me, there's really nothing better than connecting artwork to a home and to a collector who wants to live with it. And then to be able to tell an artist, like, it's sold, it's it's taking on a new life, and here's money, so you can yeah. keep doing it. Because I feel like there's a lot of this, um, like, like money's bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, capitalism is horrible. Yeah. I, I hate it. But, you know, money is wonderful because money lets us keep doing what we do and we have to accept that so I've tried to see money as a good thing because it keeps us flowing and it keeps us going and being able to continue doing what we all do in this world yeah absolutely unfortunately it it can be kind of hard to separate those two feelings like capitalism is bad 
And also, it's not shameful to work for money. It's hard to separate those sometimes to believe both those things. Um, I, I imagine in the art world, there's especially some stigma because of just the nature of art and the business of art. Um, oh, yeah. And if I I'm so sick of everyone expecting everyone in the art world to work for free. It's yeah. nonsense. It's How complete offensive. nonsense. It's very offensive. How and totally offensive with all the time and preparation that goes into some of those pieces. I just can't imagine. Oh, and, and the way people tell artists to do things for exposure is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It's just too much exposure. Pay your rent with exposure. Yeah. I can't believe the nerve. Like, you would never do that to, like, a doctor. No. <laughs> Perform this no. open heart surgery for exposure, please. It'll be wonderful for you, for your brand. <laughs> Imagine. It sounds so absurd, Gross. but that's something totally natural for artists to hear, and I, I, that sucks. It's unacceptable. That sucks. Sorry, I got on a little tangent there because it's so no, true. No, no, I can really rant <laughs> and about And I, I, I have lots of friends who are artists and they're constantly getting asked questions like that. And they're like, I just don't get it. It's awful. So brutal. It's awful. I'm a big fan of artists, in case you can't tell. I do have a soft heart. <laughs> but, um, and they just feel like what artists do is really wonderful and, um, and they need to get paid for it. Yeah. Especially when you're bringing a piece into your home and you're going to live with it all the time. Like, that's obviously really valuable to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, I don't know. I think that creating artwork is so personal. Yeah. And it can be hard to put that out there. And then there is something that closes the circle when someone loves it so much they have to have it and live with it. It's wonderful. And to be able to facilitate that. There's really nothing better for me. I'm so thrilled. (laughs) I believe that. Um, This is actually a good segue because I wanted to ask a little bit about incorporating art into your space. Now, obviously, if someone creates their own artwork, I fully support you putting it on your wall. Um, But I saw (laughs) on your your website, on your blog, you have a blog post entitled, How Do I Incorporate Sculpture and Art into My Space?, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about incorporating art and sculpture into like your magical space, how to choose some artwork by other people, you know, with intention or with feeling. Absolutely. Well, I think it's important to buy what you like. And I believe that um, art is a great place to, to invest your money. Um, if you're not purchasing in a bubble it's going to absolutely retain its value and most likely it will go up in value too. And I'm, I help my clients make those decisions and I'm always happy to help you find something that just looks great above your couch. But I also think that we can do a little bit more than that and add some feeling. And I think about what rooms are we working with? What feelings are we working with? What do we want to create in here? For example, when a lot of clients, when they're purchasing work for their bedrooms, we choose pieces that are sensual, that are relaxing, that um, are going to really nurture that energy that we always associate with a bedroom. Yeah. Sets Um, the tone for the room a little bit. Exactly. And I think that's wonderful. And then in the kitchen, we put pieces that can be about um, bringing people together using color and and form that's wanting to keep people in that space. If that's really where the heart of your home is, uh, we can create pieces that are energizing that are we I mean we can fill it with pieces that are energizing we're using bright colors um where we're starting our day with coffee and uh maybe there's windows letting the sun shine in we're going to play up on that Mm um we so it's just really about using colors using imagery that enhances the focus of each room that's fantastic. I I love I love thinking about where my art should go. What kind of ideas and feelings and emotions I want that art to make people feel and like what kind of vibe I want in my room. So, I'm glad I'm doing it the right yeah. way. 
<laughs> oh, good, good. I love it. I think it's fun. And um, I like to give, I like to um, allow my clients to have a lot of discretion, discretion. So I would love to use my room as an example of how it's set up and to create that intention. Uh, because I feel like I'm talking in such an abstract way that maybe <laughs> if I have examples, it'll make a little bit more sense. Yeah. So how do you, how do you incorporate so, art into your space, especially if it has anything to do with your, your spirituality or your, your magical energy? <laughs> yes. So I have, um, one of my absolute favorite pieces I own is a mixed media drawing by Kimmy Bazzelli, who is also the owner of The End in the Yucca Valley in California. And I've been following her work for almost 10 years. Wow. And uh, I went to Joshua Tree during a time that I was feeling like I needed some healing. And I purchased this piece from her. And there's, it's two women and one has a kind of black hoodie on that looks like a black hoodie I own that I always wear. <laughs> and she has blue hair. And oh it was my. just funny. The, yeah. Someone else was like, Oh my gosh, that's you. When yeah. I walked into the store and, <laughs> and then, um, there's text on her arm that says, you can't have it both ways, but I want it always, which I feel like is something that I would totally say and subscribe to. And um, there's a lot of text about letting go. And it just really, it just spoke to me in a way that I was like, this piece is leading with me. Yeah. And so I, I have it hung so that when I open my eyes, it's the first piece I see in the morning. And it's the last thing I see every night. That's and, fantastic. That sounds, that, that, I don't know you very well, but that just sounds so you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I believe that that art really does communicate on many levels. Yeah. So I often suggest that you have some of your favorite pieces in the space that you spend most of your time in because it's going to make you feel good and it's going to uh, cement those feelings. And just I really, truly believe that a home, especially a bedroom, is a sanctuary and you must have peace in there because it's a chaotic world. Like, let's have somewhere that we can go to and regroup, center, and feel safe and wonderful and calm. So I'm a big fan of creating that environment in the bedroom. Absolutely. That sounds so peaceful, but also very, like, um, it seems very enlightening in the morning. Like, something that would really get you get your blood pumping and get you ready to go out there and be yourself and conquer your day. Totally. Totally. I think it's wonderful. Um, I also have a, uh, tapestry by Erin M. Riley, who is a wonderful artist. I just have really enjoyed seeing the way her career has taken off and her work is just excellent. She it's all woven pieces created usually from uh, selfies she's taken um, or images other women have sent her or that she calls from the internet. And I just, I really like the way she does nude females in her pieces. And so I have a piece of me <laughs> nude in my twenties. It was awesome. created a while ago. And so that's in my bedroom too. <laughs> I think that's actually a perfect piece for your bedroom. That is so cool. Yeah, I know. I think everyone should have nude images of themselves in their home. <laughs> I agree. Fill your home with nude selfies, please. Totally. And invite everyone over to see them. <laughs> Use it as a tablecloth. Everyone sit down. <laughs> Whatever you need to do to celebrate yourself. Oh my god, I love that though. And I love I love this the, the woven artwork idea. It's so beautiful and so texturized. I'm someone who really likes to touch art. Me too. I That's why it. I always say I went into this business was so I could touch everything yeah. and no one could tell me no. Oh my god, I believe it. <laughs> I believe that because I, I sometimes I have to when I'm at an art gallery, sometimes I gotta hold my hands behind my back. I'm like, I just wanna touch it so bad. <gasps> me too. Yeah. It's really difficult not to. <laughs> I know. I always ask if I can touch stuff at art galleries and stuff. I almost always get a no. But yeah, I'm a I'm a very like textile person, so that 
the woven artwork is really interesting, super, and takes so much talent and so much time. Well, and I really, another, um, I've always really been interested in that intersection of craft and fine art, the way that artists are using these crafty materials in a fine art way. And in Season of the Witch, you see that with Evie Fauci, as well as Lucian Shapiro, and just the way they really elevate those materials and the way it brings about this idea of women's work and like, what does that mean? And, and what has been done throughout art history that shows that, um, like the G's bends quilts that really made the rounds in a lot of museums. That was always, yeah. if I'm ever in a city where that exhibition is on display, I always go to see it. I love those quilts. And, um, and I feel like this craft and fine art intersection is really having a moment right now. And I think it's the same reason that we're seeing the rise in spirituality. We need that, that warmth almost to counterbalance all of the booming technology. Yeah. So people are reaching back to something that makes a little bit more sense to them. Totally. Something, Something they can hold on to and that represents them, I guess. Yeah, I I loved the your, these bedazzled goddesses by Edie Felci at your show. Those were the, those are just absolutely beautiful, Ugh. and I I never would have thought of like literally like a bedazzling gun like <laughs> <laughs> like that I used to use on a jean jacket. I never would have thought of this as like a fine art tool, but the pieces she created were so they were so very moving. They they really represented goddesses in like a totally different way. But I still. I still felt that for sure from the piece. Oh, it's wonderful. And I really like her intentional choice to use the plastic rhinestones on denim and the metal like punk studs on a faux leather. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, there are other artists are using Swarovski crystals and using them well, and it's beautiful. But these plastic rhinestones and the way she's just completely elevated these mundane materials into something so transcendent is that's magic. I think too. That is absolutely magic. Being able to take something that basically comes from a dollar store and turn it into a goddess is that's the epitome of magic. Exactly. (laughs) That's alchemy and art for sure. It really is. That's fantastic. I, I love the show. I wish I was in New York so I could go see it. Um, and I'm, I'm bummed it's coming to an end. So it's coming to an end right, uh, later this, this week. And to close out the show, you guys are having a panel discussion. Um, the witch as a muse on September 1st. Is that the day you're also playing the, the love witch for everybody to come and check out? And we actually, we screened the love witch last week and it was wonderful. Oh, isn't it great? Oh my gosh. It's amazing. I, I, a lot of friends have been telling me that when, last year when that movie was making the rounds in kind of indie theaters and festivals, people were calling and saying, oh, I saw this movie. It made me think of you. And I read the description. It's, you know, it was about a woman making men fall in love with her with disastrous comedic <laughs> results. And I was like, why is this making everyone think of me? And then I watched it and I get it. I completely get it. Yeah. Did you like the artwork in her apartment? Amazing. I want to own all of it. I want to live with all of that work. It was cracking me up. It's I know. So I keep good. watching it and I'm like, why am I not painting super weird witch stuff all the time? Like this is I fantastic. Know. What a fantastic like her apartment was so weird and so witchy. I just couldn't stop looking at oh, the background. It was well, so good. Time. Yeah. And I can't help whenever I look at artwork, I'm always thinking immediately, who's going to own this? Who's going to live with this? Yeah. And it's just, that's the way my brain has been trained to work. <laughs> and when I look at that, I'm like, and I also immediately think like, what would I think if I walked into someone's home and this is what I see? <laughs> because I truly believe that what you adorn your home with is a reflection of you. Yeah. Absolutely. So walking into was, someone's home and seeing like a magical orgy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like in totally. the woods in the middle of the night? I can't imagine. But I I love it, and I wish it happened more often. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. And I was like, oh, I would live with that artwork. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I can't stop looking at the background of that movie. I'm so obsessed. I'm like, I wonder if I could do my apartment <sighs> like this. <laughs> I, wanted to, I want to. And I want – it was funny uh, – 
my friend Jen, who co-hosted the event with me, she and I were both like, we want completely new wardrobes and makeup. <laughs> and how many girlfriends called me and said that they bought new makeup and face false eyelashes because they were so inspired by the way Anna Biller um, styled Elaine. I mean, she's amazing. She just looks so great. So amazing. <laughs> so amazing. It's so perfectly 60s, 70s without looking like it, it actually belongs then like it's it still seems like modern it's so fantastic <laughs> so for anyone out there who hasn't seen the love witch i highly recommend it you must highly. you must see it it's wonderful it's wonderful and it's so much fun so september but 1st yes. is not the day of the love witch but this is no. the day you're doing the witch um as muse as a muse who else is on the on the panel with you for that so this was really a thrill to organize because like i said the whole one of the major forces motivating season of the witch for me was to bring people together and it's been a wonderful way to connect with so many people and to bring so many people also to sugarloaf which is a very sweet community in new york and um to really get people uh out of the city most of my friends are in Manhattan and Brooklyn and to come to this place that's green and lush and uh, nature and um, fresh air and really to see the way people transform once they're there has been wonderful. It is healing. And uh, so for the witches muse panel, I brought together a few of my favorite witches. Uh, We have Pam Grossman, who is so wonderful, so smart. She is the creator of Phantasmophile, as well as a co-creator of the Occult Humanities Conference, which is coming up in mid-October in New York. Um, Really such an authority on the witch and the archetype of of the witch. And (laughs) and, uh, wrote that great book, what is a witch and And she's just wonderful. I think she's so smart, but also so accessible. So she'll be on the panel. Uh, we also have Kristen Soleil, uh, the creator of sluttist and the author of witches, sluts, feminists, which I, which I seriously need to read soon. (sighs) Yes. It's such an excellent book. So well researched and, um, she's so smart and I'm really interested on her take as well. And then Cody Rounds, who is local to Sugarloaf and an artist who's creating in the spiritual realm and um, dealing with portals and energy. And she, yeah, works a lot with plant medicine and just, and then myself as well. Well, I will also be on the panel (laughs) and um, moderated by Olivia Baldwin, who is the director of the Seligman Center and, um, just to have all of these smart, fascinating, witchy women together to discuss this potent archetype. And I don't know, I grew up with Sabrina, the teenage witch and yes, I love her. I actually grew up down the street from the home that was used in the show. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It was so great. I, I walked by it every day. And, Yeah, so um, so that has a very soft spot in my heart. and But also I grew up with the craft and the way the witch was displayed in that movie. Mm-hmm. And um, even Samantha on Bewitched. I remember that on Nick at Night. And <laughs> oh, and her mother was just like the best. Oh, she is where it's at. I she feel like is she does not totally get enough attention. Yeah. No, not at all. And like her, she was so mean and she had that great style. Her style was just so incredible and that very colorful for a witch. So oh, actually, yeah, she really, totally. she really was a very colorful witch. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think she's really been resonating with me a lot more than I ever realized. Yeah, as I get recently. older, it's like Endora all the time. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's who I want to be. <laughs> but I think that there's just there's so much um, sensuality, power and strength associated with the witch. And she's very enticing and she's been amused to so many. And we see it. I mean, season of the witch, the Donovan song. That's yep. 
that's a prevalent uh tune that's been brought up to me a lot this year <laughs> I, was, I was actually gonna ask like is that song stuck in your head from all the people singing it around you or asking you about it oh constantly yeah <laughs> I bet because it's been stuck it's... in my head since we started talking oh wonderful <laughs> yeah, yeah that's okay basically my life and <laughs> <laughs> and even I mean Stevie Nicks I mean she's wonderful I'm always I'll put on Fleetwood Mac while I'm writing. I'm like, when did I become a stereotype of myself? I know. I do it too. Sometimes when I'm doing a tarot reading, I'm like, I need some tunes. And it ends up being Fleetwood Mac. And I'm like, why do I do this? Oh, of course. I didn't even think about it. But I just, I ended up putting on Fleetwood Mac. Happens all the time. Yeah. Even a friend dropped by and I had Sade playing. And he Mm. was like, is this really what you listen to? I was like, yes, I really do listen to this. But... (laughs) This is my work music. Ty <laughs> is good work music, though. Oh, what's better than her? Talk it's about like, witch. Yeah, it's so great. It's like, it's very, like, loose, but it really, like, focuses your kind of heart and stuff like that. I like it. I think it's great I think work so. music. I think it's great work music. He doesn't know what you're right? talking about. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think that I'm so thrilled for this panel discussion and, to really get all of these different women's take on this archetype and to really discuss what it means to be a witch and why she's been such an inspiration now, but also throughout history. Absolutely. That sounds so fascinating. So fantastic. Another reason I wish I could make it to New York. right? (laughs) I wish you could be there too, but I really far. I know. Just get on your broomstick and come join us. Just fly over. (laughs) That's how I wish magic really worked. (laughs) Oh, me too. If I could use that, I would teleport everywhere. (laughs) But, you know, I've really gotten such a wonderful response to this panel discussion that I've already started talking about doing it again. Because I really, I want to use magic and witchcraft to bring people together and to to create... um, platforms for women to discuss what they believe in and I mean we'll include men too but I just really I I want women to speak their mind and uh and and bring people together to share in ideas that's really my ultimate goal so it really I I believe doing that it sounds like you're a success already Uh, what is success (laughs) (laughs) but thank, thank you thank you I feel like I've been uh, humbled and blown away by the response and it's really been so satisfying to me and, and wonderful. And it's not the end of the season of the witch. I believe that it's a Genesis for more. And um, I'm excited to share more of these panel discussions with everyone soon. That's exciting. I I truly believe that we are just like at the beginning of the season of the witch. I feel like we have a real golden age of witchcraft coming up. I completely agree. I think it's really a wonderful time too to be a teen witch. I think this is an excellent opportunity thanks to Instagram. And I'm so um, excited for teen witches. Like so excited. There's so much incredible... Like, there are incredible role models out there that weren't around when you and I were younger, and there's so much um, accessibility to witchcraft. I mean, witchcraft is now, you have an art show that that speaks to people who are interested in witchcraft, and you don't have to be any sort of religion or practitioner to go and to check it out and to feel something. And same with, you know, crystal shops and, and places like enchantments that are open to everyone, and they're almost mainstream. I think it's fantastic. Oh, it's wonderful. The the accessibility to information and tools and other people is just wonderful. You don't have to feel alone in it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited for, you know, in like 10 years, all those teen witches are going to be badass adult witches. And I'm so pumped. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to learn from them. I know. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I learn a lot from people that are quite a bit younger than me. It's wonderful. Yeah. I don't, I think that it's, um, we don't need to shy away from youth as as not knowing anything. They know a lot. Absolutely. Especially right now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like old people kind of got us into a jam lately. That, and young people uh, are going to yeah. be the ones to, to pull us right out of that. They're going to save us. Everyone's so worried about millennials and the generation below them. There's nothing to worry about. Kids are really, I think... 
I got to work with a lot of teenagers with Lala Abaddon through a high school in New Jersey. And I met so many, I know it's such a small percentage, but so many wonderful, very aware, very smart mm-hmm. centered kids. And I was like, we're going to be fine. This is the future. And it's wonderful. I know. I'm, I'm almost like a little bit like envious. Like how did you guys come into your teen years already? Like with your shit together? I don't, I know. <laughs> I didn't have that option. What's going on here? But I'm honestly not afraid so much for the future when I see young people, you know, making changes at their schools and, you know, walking out in protests and stuff like that. And they're like 14 and 15. I'm I'm happy to have them. Happy to have them. Completely. I completely agree. <laughs> I think that was everything that I had for you today. Is there anything else that you would like to share about um, about Season of the Witch or even just incorporating witchcraft into your or art into your witchcraft well if you would like to experience season of the witch and you're unable to join us in sugarloaf uh you can contact me through instagram at i am sarah potter sarah with an h or through my website sarahpotterprojects.com and send me an email and i'd be happy to send you the catalog so you can enjoy it from the comfort of your phone or your computer Um, I'd be happy to connect you with several pieces that are still available in the exhibition. Cool. And I truly believe that anyone can create with intention and that um, magic is for everyone. Art is for everyone. And I'm always happy to talk about it. And I'm always happy to connect others with it. And really, when you add magic, it's magic's everywhere. It's just when you start looking for it, you'll notice it more. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Oh, good. (laughs) I like that a lot. I'm writing that down right now. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. I truly believe it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. This is, this has been fantastic. Anytime you want to be on the show again, I'm so down. I would love to take you up on that. I think you're wonderful. I think you're wonderful too. And I'm, I'm, I hope uh, a few of the listeners get a chance, especially if they're already in New York to make it to Sugarloaf and to check out the show and, um, and the witch's muse. I really hope so. Oh, I would love that. I would love to see all of you there. Excellent. All right. Wow. I hope you guys all loved this interview. I really did. I think it's fantastic and it's so different. You know, I've talked about magical businesses in the past and how you can start your own magical business here on the show. And I think Sarah is a really great example of someone who is doing something completely different. Uh, Even in all of the witchy businesses I considered, I never really considered this exact one. So it just goes to show you how much you can work witchcraft into your life and that you don't have to be quite so afraid of sharing it with other people. If you have any questions or comments or anything for Sarah, you can always find her at sarahpotterprojects.com. And she's really active on Instagram and Twitter. um, And her username is at I am Sarah Potter. So definitely look her up and definitely reach out. She is such a cool, cool witch. And I was so happy to have her on the show. And I hope those of you who are in New York are already on your way up to Sugarloaf. Maybe you're listening to this in the car on your way out to the Witch's Muse. Take pictures, take video, show me everything. I'm really sad that I can't make it. If it does come up again, though, I think I'm going to be taking a road trip to New York. So I hope you guys all loved the show today. If you want a little bit more of the Fat Feminist Witch, I am doing an episode of Seeker's Corner tomorrow, September 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Fat Feminist Witch. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about some silver screen spellcraft. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the magic and witchcraft that was inherent in one of my favorite shows as a little kid, Sailor Moon, something that also taught me a lot about girl power. So I'm going to be talking about some of the the girl power and the magic and witchcraft that you might have learned from Sailor Moon as a kid and didn't even know, or maybe now that you can take inspiration from in your own practice. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You can also join the Witch and Bitch group. Go to patreon.com slash the Fat Feminist Witch. And there's lots of different options there starting at uh, $10 if you want to join the group. This is a private group where a bunch of us witches get together and we have a witch and bitch. We talk about witchy books, crystals and herbs. We share spells and magic. We do rituals together as well as meditations. So if you're interested in finding yourself a little online coven full of a bunch of different witches with something to teach all of us, check out 
patreon.com slash the fat feminist witch and join the witch and bridge thank you all for tuning in today i hope you all have a really fantastic long labor day weekend if that's something you do and anyone who's going back to school i hope you have a really fantastic semester this year and you really crush it i hope you get in you know accepted into that college you're looking at or maybe a new program you're looking at or that you just learned something really new i'm very excited for this fall i've got some good vibes about it and if you are someone who's been affected by the floods recently uh just know that i'm thinking about you and i really hope you're okay i really really do so have a fantastic long labor day weekend everybody and i hope you stay magical i will see you again soon <laughs>